I just wanted to ask you, so I recently read in the news that Canada, not the entire Canada, but a large percentage of Canada has banned altcoins. So I was just wondering as someone who is a DeFi expert, what you think about that and how people have been upset about that. They're like, well, I can use, I can use money that I'm getting from banks to buy cocaine. So why is that okay? But I can't do altcoins, you know, so. It's it's really interesting, right? There's so many different avenues of that like one factor being just at an overall level money laundering the united nations has put out documentation showing that money laundering is two to five percent of global gdp as opposed to chainalysis doing their report showing that um 0.15 percent as of 2021 activity in the blockchain space is related to illicit activity scams and rug pulls and and uh i guess um other bad kind of things going on so when you look at it that way it's like well why are we going so hard against crypto Mm. but when you look at also ofac and the things that they did there against tornado cash it doesn't help that DeFi (laughs) is lazy it doesn't help that we enabled bad actors bad nation states like north korea get access to a billion dollars of funds 650 from the ronin chain which is part of axie infinity of the game the fact that we weren't policing ourselves well enough, I feel like if we don't do something as a community to protect ourselves and to have, you know, we have consumer action groups across the rest of society. We've, there's a group here in Australia called Choice. There's other consumer action groups. Because we don't have enough of that in DeFi, there are things out there like RugDoc. There are, there's Immunify, which is all for bug bounties and trying to find like where, where code is not working and stuff to help prevent bad things happening. I feel like we're going to see more of that kind of stuff, those actions from Canada banning altcoins. And just right. because the regulators, they have only got the tools that they can use right now to try to prevent harm happening to citizens. And so do you agree with it? or I don't necessarily agree. <laughs> I, I think that we regulators need to understand, and I'll give you a, an, uh, an example of what's kind of happening here in Australia, but when people said the whole OFAC thing, oh, it's freedom of speech, freedom of code. Yeah. You know, in Australia, we don't have a freedom of speech kind of thing. So it's... You don't? Oh, okay. It's a bit different. I think we've got something, but it's not a... I can't remember exactly what it is. It's not as ingrained in the constitution as what you've got there. But, uh, sorry, in the US. In the US. Um, but freedom of speech, uh, a lawyer that we've been speaking to was saying, well, you know, you've got freedom of speech. I can create an artwork and put it up on screen, but n- there's no harm. It's just words. If you don't want to look at it, don't look at it. But when you have code code can turn into something people take action on it becomes conduct because of that it's not such a clear you know as easy even though there is the precedent about the freedom to code thing and obviously that's going to be looked at whilst this poor guy is in jail but because of all of that there it's not so easy to say well we should just have freedom to code i think i do feel like we should and i know it's going to be triggering for people but the reason why I feel that um, the regulators, whether it's in Canada or whatever OFAC did, and there's this list and they're like, well, you know, they never put code on this list. It's only been people, right? You don't put code on the list. It's not meant for that. Well, they needed to do something. They could have done it later for sure, but it, regulators are going to use the tools at hand to take actions that they feel are necessary to help protect people. Is it always going to be right? People might argue it's dumb regulation and stuff, but regulation it's that you know i think unless we do something ourselves we're going to continue to see this i don't like it Mm. 
I want more freedom out there, but I definitely see why they had to do that. And that's why DeFi was lazy. Mm. Now it's a bear market. Mm. We need to build better. It's not just about building better infrastructure to, hey, let's have this thing that better invests and have this thing that makes it easier for people to trade. It needs to be more about how do we put in the guardrails so that we don't get the type of policies right. that punish us. Right, and it's not the us. sexiest part of Web3 or DeFi at all. So, yeah. you know, who... who Who's it up to, you know? So that's the hard thing. Yeah. But um, certainly, what we've seen in this space is it is open to opportunistic people to see an opportunity like this to build. This is the opportunity that we've got right now. Regulators are going to come in and go and clamp down hard on us unless we do better. Whether it's in Canada, you'll hear another country soon, I'm sure. Yeah. And for us in the US, mm. um, with the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, People often say, you know, as a as a debate, they're like, well, those people who are running the SEC, they don't know anything about crypto. Yeah. They don't know anything about NFTs. Why are these old people controlling what we can do? Do you guys feel that way in Australia it's, as well? It's so funny. Do you right? need people who are knowledgeable yeah. in DeFi to be in those positions? Do they have to be? I don't know. So, so two yeah. things, like one being that it's interesting that in the, the SEC, you had Gary Gensler, yeah. who taught Bitcoin at MIT, and his videos are still out there, and people still learn about Bitcoin from him. Oh, And they wow. expected that as soon as he was made the SEC chair, that he was going to be pro-Bitcoin, pro-everything. No. <laughs> but he's not, mm -hmm. because they've got the rules, and like mm -hmm. ETFs, for example, we've not had a spot Bitcoin-type ETF. It's all been based off futures and other things there, but it's just that they've not hit the requirements that they've needed at the SEC. And maybe there's others in the SEC that don't understand it as much. And going back to here, and I don't, like we, we don't experience it, so we don't know as much as that. And I'm, we've got a lot of lawyers that are part of the community here in Australia, which is great because this is all about the law and, and regulation. Here in Australia, we're really lucky because we have these government consultations. The most recent one earlier this year was all about this is how we're going to regulate the space and we as the public got to communicate our thoughts about oh, how we give thought input. Oh. give input now whether they decide to use that or not it's up to them but they listen because a lot of the majority of people were saying that based on what they've defined we think that we haven't even got the definitions right in this paper so what we need to do is get the better definitions. So what's happened recently, I think it was announced this week or last week, the government here is going to uh, go down the path of a token mapping exercise. I did see that, yes. So yes. because of that, yes. it means that we get to have a say in terms of, because not every token is meant to be a security. Not every token is going to have value. It's almost like we need to look at tokens in different ways so that we can regulate them based on what it is that they do whether it's we're regulating the outcome does it do harm or not or we're regulating how they're created but the point is is that we're still very early we're going to see what it is the government does here and i think that um we're doing it the right way and i hope other nations follow suit but we'll see as a community leader do you feel like you're being extended like over a hundred directions then yeah. because then you you want to give info but you want to do education but you want to do your podcast or you want to do your panels but you also yeah. want to help with projects and you have your own thing going it's like you just want to is <laughs> clone it, yourself is it only a hundred yeah there's, there's maybe it's like a million <laughs> it's something like that yeah. um it's good that we've got partners that help right. out with things more and more we're getting people to help out running the association and doing things here um but in terms of the venture studio which 
which is um, what I'm wearing, not centralized, you know, so there's the shill. Um, Everything that we do is under not centralized. And under that umbrella, we run the community, we work on our own projects, and we work on other people's projects. So first of all, like we had to take a big step back because we were doing all these actions, but they weren't connected and under not centralized, they're connected. Mm. And then it was about finding the right partners where we could farm out projects too because there's only 24 hours in a day mm-hmm. even though default feels like it's 30 hours in a day mm-hmm. but you know there's only That's such why limited the time, time goes by so quickly it's ridiculous so you're you're able to just connect everything and make it all under this not centralized umbrella thing. correct yeah yeah nice, yeah nice. so so that's how we do it and we're still learning it's still a great big experiment but um we're we're further ahead than we ever could have been if we were going about it in a web two way mm. um it's much more open and collaborative and it's all about building the community and we have these opportunities that we never would have had had we not tried to create this thing where we've got an environment especially the place we're in now where everyone can come together and give their input so it's amazing thank you so much yeah and welcome back and we've got a special here because we've got another hot take from ash on the whole canada situation sure so preface this i'm not a lawyer uh, i'm not a canadian so not really an expert on this but i think if it plays out right what happened in Canada is a really, really good thing, right? If you say, we're going to look at the coins, and I think this is where where Australia is going as well, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to look at all the different coins out there, and we're going to say, these ones are less risky. So we're going to white list them and say, mom and pop on the street, you can invest in these ones if you want to. Mm. It's still crypto. It's still medium risk or higher risk than normal yeah but these are okay that kind of opens up a mainstream lot of opportunity yeah. mainstream right yeah so now you can have people who are like worried about can i you know my my grandchild bought this dog <laughs> thing can i buy the dog thing and then you know they want to be cool and everything and so now they buy the dog thing and it goes up and they're like wow and then they lose all their money and they're like oh crap but now the government's saying like, hey, invest in these things. They're more stable. There's value being provided, et cetera. It's an easy entry. Yeah. The way I understand the, the, the legislation is that it's not an absolute ban on the altcoins, but it's saying that there for licensed exchanges, yeah. yeah, this is what you're allowed to sell to the public, right? So if you want to go and transfer that money to a MetaMask and, and buy an altcoin on a on a DEX, mm. on an AMM, there's nothing that stops you from doing that. Interesting. But for licensed exchanges, they're saying, hey, let's not expose the general public to riskier assets. Because most people would go through a licensed exchange. Right, and they right. want to go through all that work around just to get Dogecoin. Yeah, and <laughs> so, if they do, maybe they know what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, that means they think. know what they're doing, which exactly. is what so you're saying. The opportunity is mm. for it to go way south, but I yep. think that it's an indicator of where we're going to in, in Australia, right? Yeah, yeah. So with the token mapping exercise. Exactly. We map all the tokens, what do they do? Like what's the what's the one thing that they're gonna say to people who are thinking about like, do I put this in my retirement fund or do I put this in a savings account? Pension funds and stuff. Or here. people yeah. are saying I should buy this new crypto thing. Yeah. Hey, USDC, stake it for six percent interest. That's safe. And I think that's kind of what the token mapping will bring us. 
it's interesting because like over here, oh, so even globally, right? Like seeing things like uh, the big crash around like Celsius and yeah. the US, the Terra Luna and mm-hmm. stuff, 20% was seen as safe because in retrospect, it was like, well, compared to a thousand percent APY for some other things, it's like it, yeah, it looks safe, but I think we need to look at it from an overall perspective. There's still risks and stuff in this space. So mm-hmm. that's a really interesting take that, you know, from the other side, you, yeah, you, no, this I can be seen as take. a good thing. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry. I th- no, oh, no, <laughs> I, keep quiet. no, I like it, but <laughs> it, the, on OFAC and stuff as well, like, I feel like the, this is a moment in time where either we are going to, this is the wake up call that we needed or it is the worst thing that happened to crypto. It's going to be one of those two things. But the point is right now it's up to us to get out the message, to build the right things, to do the right things so that we don't get taken down and we can actually use this. Because we see how innovative this space is around blockchain tech and what it can do. We need to make sure that we do things in the right way so that we don't get shut down because we've seen how quickly things can get shut down. So it's a bit scary, but I think nothing happens unless we're scared. So It's also an opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I want to do a hat, hat tip to, to P. Marker on, on that kind of thinking. He went on a podcast and explained how early we are in crypto mm. and he related it to the first days of the internet. And they made the decision um, to go with text-based protocols for websites. Um, and what that did was take up a lot of bandwidth. So everybody's websites were dog slow, but yeah. people using the text-based stuff was really easy to develop. And so it made really pretty websites mm. that were really functional, but it was dog slow. That created problems. Mm. What did those problems lead to? Faster internet, because everybody was complaining about their internet. They, <laughs> wanted, they didn't yeah. want crappier yeah. websites. They want the great websites delivered faster. So even with the OFAC thing, yep. it's creating problems, but those problems are opportunities for innovation. Absolutely. Did they do a knee-jerk reaction? Is it like completely vague? Um, another podcast to listen to, uh, Unchained. Yeah, I think I think we've heard of them. Yeah, I've heard of them too. So they they their most recent episode, they talk about this, and they've got some great legal minds on the podcast. Um, and the, the big ambiguity is that there's no clear path. So in fiat, yeah, when you something goes on the OFAC list and someone from an OFAC list sends you money, there's a process to go take that money, put it in a segregated account, contact OFAC, there's a process for it. But they made this ruling, there's no clear process. Mm. And so we're all in this limbo, and now the whole world is like waiting to find out like what happens next. What's going to happen? Like they have to give us a process to deal with it. Yeah. Because um, without it, everything's stuck. But it's such a mind shift because there's not this whole. Um, and I, I tweeted about this. My my favorite call out from that podcast was like, you know, my wallet gets hacked. Yep. And they sent funds to Tornado Cash. Now my wallet, yeah. gets, now my wallet gets blocked, right? <laughs> then somebody sends, or somebody sends me illicit funds. Now my wallet is blocked. Yeah. There's, no, there's not. It's not even possible for me to segregate those funds mm-hmm. because my wallet is blocked. You don't in in the fiat world. You don't have your account locked. The the funds get segregated. Yeah, it's you different, get that isn't separation. It? That's interesting. And that whole process is missing. There's no guidance on that. And, and even the person who was arrested, they weren't arrested by American authorities. 
they weren't Holland, yeah. Yeah, the, and sure in America you've got code is free speech that that got the precedence, but nobody knows why that person got arrested in Holland. They're not under OFAC jurisdiction. Like it's there's so much happening at the moment and and everybody's sort of waiting for for that finality for people to give clarity on what is actually happening. And once we have that, whether it is terrible for a lot of protocols out there or good, doesn't matter, it'll adapt. Crypto is so fast moving. Like if a bank was to go through this, they'd, they'd go extinct, right? They'd all close down, close shop. But in Web3, Three weeks and the solution will be on the market. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, it, give it, give it a week and we'll solve it or whatever. Like, so I think that we're going to see a lot more insights and innovation over the next couple of weeks and <laughs> couple of months. It's going to be crazy, but we're, you know, certainly at the early stages. I think of where we're at. So it's good to be a builder in space, and it must be really good being a, a journal and seeing all the insights too. So, as a, as a journo, you asked the question, but are you allowed to give an opinion? What do you think about the Canada thing? Oh, um, I think I'm on a podcast. It should be fine. But if I was like professionally, I would just say, well, I see this side and I see this <laughs> side and they both have good points. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, your, your hot take, I didn't even really think about it that deeply. And so I, after you shared yours, I, I think that's a really good point as well. But I don't know if that will lead to mainstream adoption. Maybe people will just be like, I just want to stay away from all of those altogether instead of like saying, oh, these are the bad ones and these are the good ones. So I think we would have to see how that goes first. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting time. I think legislation, worldwide governance, it's, in the next two years, these things have to be sorted out. Like they can't turn yeah. a blind eye to crypto. There's just too much money flo flowing through it. There's, There's pressure on them. Too much utility. Yeah. They're going to have to figure it out. There will be some knee-jerk reactions. Um, but I think we stand a better chance of success if there's more people who have a collaborative approach. Um, like in Australia. In where, Australia, yeah. There's actual like consultation and talking to each other um, as, as opposed to, you know, there's, there's a couple of crypto projects that I know that people have like, immediately use this opportunity to go like, okay, cool, I'm going full Anon. Like being a total Anon in, in the crypto space. It's dangerous. It's, it's not the way forward. It's not because right? no one will trust you. It's, yeah. We have to bring these things out into the light and solve the problems. It's, it's sad that people have to go anonymous. It is. Uh, I think that that's probably another episode that we'll get into. So we'll probably have to cut off from there for now before we get kicked out of the studio. But Ash, love the hot take. And we're definitely going to get more of that as we do more of these podcasts. And Erica, thank you for thank the you so much, awesome question. It was great. Yeah, no, that led to a lot of, a lot of things. Yeah, no worries. Anytime. All right. We'll see you guys again soon.